Welcome to the Big Blue Review Podcast. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Chris Flum. Chris, how are you doing today? Not doing pretty good. All right, good to hear. So today we are going to dive into a subject that's kind of been blowing up a little bit. It's something we've discussed a little bit on the podcast previously. It's a topic I've kind of touched on in a few different articles. And we are just going to kind of take this conversation and how it impacts the Giants. And that is the debate right now uh, between a pass rush and coverage. If you follow a certain group of people on Twitter, there's been this debate uh, of people trying to, you know, figure out and, and get the value of the pass rush versus coverage and what matters more, what helps a team more. And the debate a little bit has kind of gone in many different ways. Pro Football Focus kind of dove into it with a big article earlier this week. Joe Banner, who is a previous executive for the Browns and Eagles, kind of jumped in and said any testing they did at the NFL level showed the exact opposite of what Pro Football Focus showed. So it's kind of just been all over the place, but it's... A meaningful debate, I think, especially for the Giants because of what they have done this offseason. So just to get into where I started with this debate at the end of the 2018 season. So a lot of people talked about how the Giants did not rack up a lot of sacks. They were tied for, I think, 30th in sacks. But what they were very good at was creating pressure. They were an above-average team in creating pressure. And from year to year, pressure rate is more consistent than sack rate. So the idea that they continue to be able to create pressure is something that should have been able to go forward, even though the sacks weren't coming. And we know from a lot of different studies that just getting pressure on an opposing quarterback makes him worse. So league-wide last year, Quarterbacks without pressure average 7.8 yards per attempt. With pressure, and that's just with pressure, no sacks, just under pressure, they average 6.3 yards per attempt. And 6.3 yards per attempt is between 2018 Josh Allen and 2018 Josh Rosen. So those are not very good quarterbacks. Uh, Not to say anything about Allen or Rosen specifically, but the 2018 versions of them were not good. So without pressure... Quarterbacks averaged a 5.1% touchdown rate in 2018. With pressure, that went down to 4.0. Interception rates, without pressure, that was a 1.9% interception rate. With pressure, a 3.5% interception rate. So these are league-wide numbers in 2018. What happened with the Giants? In 2018... Without pressure, they allowed 7.82 yards per attempt. With pressure, they allowed 6.96 yards per attempt. That's not even a yard difference. So league-wide, the difference is a yard and a half. The Giants did not even allow less than a yard difference with pressure. The touchdown rate went up under pressure. The Giants allowed a touchdown rate of 4.2% without pressure and 4.5% with pressure. That's not good. The interception rate actually skyrocketed to 1.6% without pressure, 5.7% with pressure. But what that showed me from the yards per attempt and the touchdown rate is that the Giants were able to get that pressure, but the coverage on the back end was not holding up. So what would have helped the Giants pass rush the most 
going forward was keeping that group together, banking on the pressure improving into sacks, and we've seen that good pressure is a better indicator of future sack rate than a sack rate from the current season. So my idea was that getting better in coverage would have helped the Giants pass rush more than adding another pass rusher would have. And that's not exactly what the Giants did. The Giants did go heavy into coverage, but they did that at the expense of the pass rush. And now Olivier Vernon is gone, and this is a pass rush unit that probably is not the same at at getting pressure as it was in 2018. Yeah, and well, there's a couple things that are different. The Giants added Marcus Golden, and they added O'Shane Zimenez, but they also let... Olivier Vernon go and when Vernon was on the field for the last 11 games of the season he accounted for a full quarter of all of the Giants pressure but he was just under 20 percent if you count the five games he missed that's a lot when he spoke to the media James Betcher did praise Marcus Golden and said that you know just two years ago he was one of the best pass rushers in the NFL but he did have a complete tear of the ACL between now and then. Or maybe it was three years ago, depending on when when we're counting. It was the 2016 season. But anyway, the Giants are probably not going to be able to generate as much pressure as they did a year ago, especially with Vernon on the field. Like you said, the idea you had, and it's one I absolutely agree with, is that the Giants should have at the very least kept that group together and then built behind them or if at all possible keep that group together build behind them and then add another pass rusher to play opposite of Vernon instead they got rid of the guy who generated the bulk of their pressure and then completely blew up the secondary which granted was not the wrong thing to do yeah so I was very adamant at the end of the season that Olivier Vernon was not the problem. I think that was very clear for those who paid attention and weighted what he did by getting pressure and ignored the sacks. Because pass rush is is more than sacks. We, We know this, we've seen this from just what we talked about of how quarterbacks just under pressure perform significantly worse. So just getting pressure is good. That is what a pass rusher can really control. They cannot control the time that a quarterback gets the ball out, and that is continually decreasing. Quarterbacks are getting the ball out quicker, so the pressure is all an edge rusher can really control, or any defender can really control. And when if the quarterback can get the ball out quickly because the coverage on the back end is not holding up, and there is someone open quickly when a defender is getting in his face, then he's going to get the ball out quickly, but the pass rusher still did his job, and a lot of that was what happened to Vernon this past year. So I was big on keeping Vernon, maybe adding another piece to the pass rush, but not a significant piece where you had to go out and get someone who was going to be like the number one edge rusher. You didn't need to do that. But what the Giants did now is without Vernon, they've made a pass rush group that I think is way more representative of their sack number that was tied for 30th in the fewest sacks than it is representative of a group that was above average in pressure rate. 
But what that opens up, I guess, is a little what we talked about the last episode is some some blitz packages and in the James Betcher system. And that is part of what this pass rush versus coverage debate kind of comes into. And, you know, a pro football focus, when they did their study, kind of came to a conclusion. And they did mention it's, it's a nuanced debate. And it is that, you know, when they looked at their grades and you can weight those grades and, and put the uh, amount of confidence in those grades as much as you want, but it came out that the coverage grade had more predictive power going forward than, than pass rush grade did. But you can bring up an example like New England. Really, the biggest two free agents that New England has ever signed were Darrell Revis and Stephon Gilmore this past season. Those are two shutdown corners. Stephon Gilmore was great this past season. They do not really invest heavily in the pass rush. They are able to find these guys. They can find guys like Trey Flowers who can get pressure. And he was a guy like Olivier Vernon was able to get pressure, didn't create a lot of sacks, but was still in the backfield quite a bit. Uh, But on the back end, they have great coverage. They had Stephon Gilmore who was able to be a shutdown corner. Uh, They... It would typically do that thing where, you know, Gilmore would be on the number two receiver and they put their number two corner on the number one receiver with a safety shading over to there. And that's how they attack. They can scheme up pressure. They figure out how to use guys like, you know, the Kyle Van Noys and players like that who were kind of misused in other schemes. They are able to get them on the cheap and figure out how to use them and create pressure uh, because it's easier to create pressure and scheme that up then it is easier to scheme good coverage. That's part of the debate. And that is kind of what I think the Giants are going to be relying on this year. Uh, if they have you know Jenkins on one side, they hope the safeties are a little better deep. I think it is better with Bethay over Curtis Riley. And that's, I mean, again, not a high bar to clear. And I, I do like Bethay. I think he can still play even at his age, a good deep safety. So I think they're hoping that with Jenkins on one side, you know, Baker, on another, whatever Sam Beal brings, whether that's inside, outside in a rotation, uh, and then you know Grant Haley, Julian Love in the slot, they hope that with improved coverage, they'll be able to, I think, scheme up a little more pressure, and that's what's going to kind of even out this season. Yeah, and I think a big part of it is, you know, whatever else, the personnel fits James Betcher's tendencies much better now than they did a year ago. Well, sort of. Eli Apple, for all his faults, is still a... He was primarily a man coverage corner, and that is what the Giants want to run. They ran man coverage... I think they were the sixth sixth most frequent team to run man coverage in the league last year. They also were right around the top 10 in running coverages with a single high safety you see that around with the mofc middle of fuel closed that's what it means single high safety well last year that meant basically relying on curtis riley and as we saw that was generally not a great proposition even with as you mentioned the giants touchdown rate would go up when they got pressure so We saw it just about every week. The defense would start to win. They would get pressure, and then all of a sudden, the quarterback would get the ball off. Somebody in the secondary would be out of position. 
and it would either go for a big gain or a touchdown. So this year with Baker and Bethay, that definitely does fit what they want to do, and they will probably be leaning even harder into that now that they don't have Vernon up front to be able to create the the amount of pressure he did. Yeah, it's going to come down to James Betcher to you know, figure out how to create that pressure with the group he has. Marcus Golden, even in his really good year in Arizona, was not you know the number one guy. He had Chandler Jones who was that player, and Golden was able to work off that. And, you know, even with the blitz-heavy things, you know, Betcher has had guys like Jones, who he was able to just rely on to get that one-on-one pressure when needed. I I don't think the Giants have that guy, so I think we are going to see a a lot more blitzing, a lot more just attempted schemed up pressure of whether you know that's the ogletree blitzes whether that's like you know like julian love or grant haley a blitzing i think i think the way love has been talked about as how he he might be playing a little nickel he might be playing a little outside he might be playing a little safety i think that could possibly be good for jabril peppers who could possibly then play closer to the line and he had the most pass rushes as a safety last year. He was tied with Jamal Adams, I think with uh, 70 pass rushes. He wasn't particularly productive with those pass rushes, but that, I think that could also be kind of a scheme thing. So to allow him possibly to be more toward the line and have him blitz a, a little more, I think we're going to see that schemed up pressure. And I think the hope is that the coverage outside, and it, it's now a big ask when basically three rookies, Sam Beal isn't a rookie, but it's going to be his first year actually playing on the field. Uh, when you have, you know, Janoris Jenkins and then three guys playing in their first seasons in the NFL backing that up. Uh, that's going to be a big ask, but that's kind of the that's the way the Giants have set up this defense. And that might possibly lead to more success in 2020 than 2019. And maybe that's how that defense really shapes up. But for a team that still is kind of invested in 2019, that's that's quite the gamble to make. It is. It it really is. And you know, rookies have hiccups, and corner is definitely one of the harder places for a rookie to just come in and succeed because of all of the things an offense can do. And the speed of the game is just way different. You don't have college receivers who are used to being able to just out-athlete the guy across from them. You have guys who are like Julio Jones, who, yes, is a freakish athlete, but he's also a very good route runner. You have guys like Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham, who are chess players when it comes to running their routes. There's just going to be a learning curve for just all of these corners the Giants brought in. And yes, Sam Beal is should definitely be included in that group. So that's just something to keep in mind. Even if the Giants did, I'm not sure if it was on purpose or not, but take the uh, pro football focus conclusion to the extreme. 
Yeah, that kind of seems like what they've bet on. And I, I feel like they, they possibly went too far because you still need a pass rush. And that's part of the, the nuance of this the conversation. I, it's not that, you know, one thing is dominant and then the other thing doesn't matter. These two things need to work together. And I think you, you need to be able to do both. And, and I think the, the conversation should rely on how your team is currently structured. And, you know, last year with the pass rush, I think the Giants could have just used another corner. And that would have improved like almost everything. You you keep Vernon, you maybe, you know, draft a, another guy and say you still get Zimenez in the third round. So you're looking at a... You know, a pass rush that still has Vernon, Lorenzo Carter, Kareem Martin, and then you're adding Zimenez in there. That's that's still a pass rush that can get some stuff done. And then say you want DeAndre Baker still. You still could have gotten him in the back half of the of the first round. You know, Julian Love is still there, but you or you know, go out and, and maybe add one of the corners that were on you know the free agent market. And then you have Jenkins and and a better corner. I think you're better set up there for success and I think that's one of the kind of frustrating things about this Giants offseason so far is there were indicators that things could improve and and the pressure rate is one of them the positive pressure rate that suggests that sacks were going to come and if things were kind of kept together the sacks could come if just a few things were tickered with but the Giants decided no, we're going to scrap all that. We're going to get rid of Vernon. We're going to take a whole bunch of shots at, at rookie corners. And that's how we're going to try to fix it. And I'm not sure that's going to lead to, you know, 2019 success and maybe, you know, 2020. But then we're asking this same question. Is this team rebuilding? Are they still you know, trying to win? What exactly are, are they doing? And they're in the middle again. And they kind of find themselves in the middle of of trying to figure out the philosophy of how to build a defense. And I think they're still kind of stuck in the middle of what exactly they're doing with just building the roster in general. Yeah, it seems like a fair amount of their decisions are almost taking one step forward and one step back, or occasionally even one step forward and two steps back, where if you take a step backwards, it's okay if it if it is in order to take two steps forwards, but they haven't really taken that second step in any one direction. That is the thing that continues to be frustrating about the offseason, just kind of the roster building over the past you know season plus, is those indicators. The pass rush would have improved if mostly left alone and you can i guess make the argument that you know the the cap hit for olivier vernon was too much but you know it, it wasn't that much that you could have found ways to to lower that i mean between the eight million dollars in dead money on his cap this year uh and like the 3.3 million to marcus golden you're only about like six million off of what olivier vernon would have cost anyway so you know you didn't free up that much money when we look at you know debates like this and and trying to figure out ways to build this roster and the kind of indicators of what should and shouldn't be fixed. I just kind of think the Giants have been taking the wrong takeaways from lessons they could have learned that probably could have put this roster on a different path uh, over the past two seasons. 
Yeah, and kind of look down the road a little bit. Without Vernon on the roster, the Giants will probably struggle, I think, to generate pressure without having to scheme it, you know, without having to resort to like a zone blitz or bringing six or seven rushers and just overwhelming an offense. So I do wonder if in a year's time, the conversation will, at least in Giants land, will shift back from coverage is more important than pass rush and circle back around to pass rushers are more important than coverage because look, we got all of these coverage players and our pass rush didn't improve or our pass rush got worse. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm already at. My argument at the end of last season was another corner or just improved coverage would help out this pass rush. And now as the giants have completely shifted that around, I think the pass rush needs another pass rusher. (laughs) Um, I, I can already see that. The coverage is good. The coverage is is great. I like the additions they made at corner. But this pass rush group is probably not going to be good. You are correct. Uh, Like I said, it's probably more representative of the team that was tied for 30th in sacks than the team that was above average in pressure. So this team could use another good pass rusher and we talked about them on the last episode there's not you know a ton of them out there but if you get guys who could be situational pass rushers just add them to the rotation that could help so yeah I could see this conversation again shifting for the Giants at the end or even during the season if the sacks aren't coming when the coverage might be better yeah you know I've mentioned this a few times mostly in comment sections which those can be a minefield but I still like to venture in that before while Vernon was injured, if we take the game against the Houston Texans, which their pass protection was just atrocious. If we say the giants pass protection was bad, they get the Texans gave up 20 more sacks than the giants did. That is outlier bad. But in the other four games, the giants averaged less than a sack a game they averaged three quarters of a sack a game and yep at least my worry is that they have voluntarily gone back to that kind of production especially if lorenzo carter can't take the next step forward and really focus his athleticism as an edge and not just a defensive athlete who does a little bit of everything and if golden can't fully come back from that ACL, which coming out of college, he wasn't a very productive pass rusher at Missouri. I think his best season was eight sacks, which is okay, but it's not, he's not, he wasn't going to get confused with Miles Garrett or, you know, one of the Bosa's or anyone like that. And he had just really marginal athletic traits and it's difficult for a pass rusher to, maintain production if they're not a great athlete yeah that that's one reason why those guys get drafted highly it's just you need to be a rare athlete to maintain a high level of play as a pass rusher yeah and one of the things for this pass rush especially is there's a lot of ifs involved for this to be good if Marcus 
Golden is healthy. If Marcus Golden can, at full health, get back to what he was in his best season under James Betcher. If Lorenzo Carter takes a step forward. If Kareem Martin can continue to get pressure at the rate he did last year. Like we mentioned in our last episode, he was another guy who got pressure on above average basis and the sacks didn't come. If those sacks even out. If O'Shane Zimenez can step in and be productive like right away, um, there's there's a lot of ifs there that need this pass rush to work, and then you have a lot of ifs on the back end. As much as you could like taking multiple shots at coverage, if Sam Beal can you know, be healthy and produce right away. If DeAndre Baker can step in and produce right away. If Julian Love can handle whatever responsibilities uh, he's going to be asked to do. There are a lot of ifs right now on this defense. And for a unit that was not great last year, you know, maybe they're better if like two or three of those ifs turn into definites. But I'm just not totally sure how much better this defense is going to be, uh, even with the shift in philosophy, with the shift in personnel. It's it's still a long way from possibly being good. Yeah, you know, and like we were saying before we started recording, everyone would want to have the best of both worlds. Obviously, everybody wants to be like the 2015 Broncos or the 2017 Jaguars with just pass rushers who scare offensive linemen and keep offensive coordinators up at night and then have an elite secondary behind them who can just feast on the mistakes created by the pressure the front seven brings. But that sort of thing is hard to do. You know, there's a reason why you just say the 85 Bears, the 86 Giants, the 2000 Ravens, the 2017 Jaguars, and everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. Those kinds of just complete defenses are really difficult to engineer and bring together. And when- 